Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Repeat after me. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. It's a Jamie from Progressive. Jamie. No, it's all right. I can talk. Progressive protects you 24-7, which means you can contact us anytime. Hmm. I'm getting a loud shh sound, so I'm going to talk louder. What can I help you with today? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Progressive can do that. Ugh, there's that noise again. Hold on. Let me put you on speaker. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Welcome to Stacking the Box. To subscribe, hit us up on Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Here is Stacking the Box. Week 10, Stacking the Box. It's getting cold out there, as you can see if you're watching the video. Look at Matt Verderam in his canary yellow sweater that I think that he wore to his fifth grade graduation. Good to see you, Verderam. You're looking nice. I hope not. I would be. I would have needed a tent, I think, at that point. I feel like you were that big in fifth grade. Jeff Schwartz is here. He was also a big fifth grader. Uh, As we start out the conversation today with Monday Night Football, wild one last night. Seattle and the Niners, San Francisco had a great chance to win the game. Uh, then they made some questionable decisions, not running the ball late in overtime that allowed the Seahawks to get the ball back. That wasn't good. Russell Wilson throwing a rare pick. Uh, but bottom line, uh, the Niners have their first loss of the season, and Seattle gets a big-time road win, 27-24. Jeff Schwartz, good Tuesday to you on Stack in the Box. Your thoughts from Monday night? Well, it felt like the best, worst game of the season. I mean, there were a lot of mistakes made on both sides. Credit the defenses. The Seahawks defense played really well. So did the Niners. And it's another one game where you look at it at the end, you're like, how did Seattle win that game? There's often games where you're like, they're not the better team, but they win the game or it's very slow. They get up big and blow a lead, but come back against Tampa Bay to win. These things like it just, they just play these games. And I think Pete Carroll loves that these games always end up wild and crazy. And he gets justified for making terrible in-game decisions by them winning the game. But I think the takeaway from this game is Jimmy Garoppolo. We've been waiting to see if he is that guy to lead the Niners at quarterback position. We know that an average quarterback can get you a long way in the NFL, but the difference between average and great and special is winning in moments like this. When you have the ball with a minute 50 left in overtime and you need to go down the field and get yourself a field goal to win the game, he doesn't do it. I did not mind, by the way, Shanahan going for it. You paid this quarterback $27 million to win you games. Think about this. If they win this game, guys – they're three games up on the Seahawks with seven yeah. left. The division is probably over. So I'm all for the risk of trying to let your quarterback, who you paid all this money to, win you the game. Verem, he had one interception last night, Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. did, but he could have had about five. Yeah, I was going to say, they got, so many of them got dropped. Look, I, I had similar takeaways to what Jeff did. I think Seattle might be the best team in the NFC, but they also could be a team that gets beaten in the first <laughs> round of the playoffs because they're just weird. Um, you know, you look at that game. I mean, Jermaine Ifrady, he, he strip sacks his own quarterback and then fumbles and it gets run to the end zone for a touchdown. Those are the weirdest <laughs> things I've ever seen. I've never seen that happen before. Um, you know, and then, look, I, I agree mostly with Jeff's point in, at the end of the game. Like, I probably would have ran on first down just to maybe take a little time, but you got to wonder, too. Shanahan might have been looking at his kicker after that miss and gone, we can't kick a 40 yard field goal. Like, we need to get down there. We need to make yeah. this thing a chip shot. So, I, you know, there's a lot of play there you can look at. I thought Seattle deserved to win the game in the end. I mean, Wilson threw a very uncharacteristic bad interception at the start of yes. overtime right next to the goal line. Okay, almost had a James Harrison runback situation there. He finally got knocked out of bounds. But I, I share the same sentiments. So Garoppolo's got to be better. And I think the rest of that team is Super Bowl caliber. Garoppolo, at the end of the game, looked terrified. I mean, if you just looked at his movement in the pocket, he was, like, frenetic. It was almost like he was just very, very uncomfortable – he threw a couple balls in a row, should have been picked at the end of the fourth quarter, would have ended the game outright. So to me, look, the Niners are really good. I think that, you know, they're going to make the playoffs, obviously. But what do they do when they see Rodgers and Breeze and Wilson and maybe even Prescott in the playoffs? Because right now, 
Garoppolo is not on the level of any of those guys. What do you think, Jeff, as far as the, look, the Seahawks kept the Niners' ground game to a bare minimum. I think when you, when you look ahead to the playoffs, if you don't allow teams to run the football, throw in some weather, everything else that happens come you know, late December and January, that's another reason perhaps you could say that the Seattle Seahawks could very well end up in the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, look, the Niners' run game last night was interesting. You had two tackles both back off injury, and Javon County made them look really stupid. And, look, I know if you're out there, you're technically healthy, but they kind of drew a tough lot against against him in that game. And like, I'm not really worried about one game being a, a poor rushing game. You know, we'll see. The, the Niners have plenty of good teams down the stretch. We'll find out really who they are. Um, but I think this is more credit to the not to the excuse me, not Niners, the Seahawks defense than it is uh, the Niners, you know, rush game struggling because the Niners are going to be good. The Seahawks defense hasn't been very good. It's the first game all year, I think, where they've really played tough against a great team. So I credit the Seahawks more than I blame the Niners' offense. Vernon who's your who's your favorite? Jamie's log, progressive. The Harrington's backyard, day twenty-seven, three thirty-three a.m. Three thirty-three. All those threes mean something, or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's backyard for twenty-seven days now, proving the progressive has twenty-four-seven protection. They told me every day they understand what twenty-four-seven protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. Three-three-three. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. The NFC right now. Bless you, Jeff. Uh, Hi, it, it's, uh, <laughs> I am. It, indeed. It, it, it's, it's interesting in the NFC because it's just so packed, right? Like New Orleans would have been my answer, but they got blown out by the Falcons and all. Now, I think that's a weird game. It's a blip in the radar. I don't think that's going to be something that, that sticks with them, but it might cost them a buy. Who knows? Uh, the Packers, like I like the Packers, but there's just something when you watch them. It's just, they're not ever like totally dominant. They always kind of just find a way. Now that that's credit to them, and they find ways to win. Carolina is a good team. They won the game, but they needed to stop them on the last play. I, right now, I kind of like Seattle. Now, the, the caveat to that being, if Seattle's a five seed, I, I don't like them at all to win a Super Bowl. I, I just don't think anybody's going on the road in the NFC and winning three straight playoff games. Yeah. And that, to me, is the biggest takeaway from Monday night for me, is now the 49ers have the toughest schedule left in the NFL. they got the Saints, they got at Seattle, they got Green Bay coming in here in a few weeks. they got the Rams again, although the Rams are a tire fire at the moment. So, like, if the Niners win that game, as Jeff said earlier, that division's over. Now... They may very well be a five seed. So I'll take Seattle, but right now it's it's too close to call. It really is. Let me get a wild card on the board here, Jeff Schwartz. The Minnesota Vikings, I don't think that division is over in the north. Minnesota is proven to have that defense is strong. They're winning on the road at Dallas. That ground game's going nowhere. Somehow they figured it out with Kirk Cousins. I mean, he's not great, but they, they have a formula with him right now. I wouldn't count out the Vikings. I wouldn't count them out, but this is the first time we've seen Cousins in a long time play very well in a primetime game. Uh, he's now 3-9-1 and one against teams over 500 in his career, right? He has just not done a good job in these type of moments. So I want to see a little bit more from, from him in this moment. We'll see down the stretch he has some more primetime games before I can I conclude, concede that they're going to win um, the NFC. Look, to me, if this, if this goes to the Superdome, the Saints are winning the, the the NFC, and the Saints now have the Niners to play in the Superdome in about three weeks. They uh, the Saints already beat the Seahawks; they have the tiebreaker there. I think the the, the uh, NFC goes through New Orleans. All right, let's let's move on to a crazy week on Week Ten, which was let's call it upset week in the NFL. Browns over the Bills, Titans beat the Chiefs, the Falcons do it to those <laughs> Saints in New Orleans. That was maybe the biggest stunner. And, and the Dolphins, I know that the Colts didn't have even their backup quarterback in Jacoby Brissett, and Brian Hoyer was horrible. But the, still, the Dolphins getting another win. Uh, Matt Verderam, Canariello, what surprised you the most this week? Uh, I wasn't surprised by the Dolphins being the Colts. I actually picked it. Wow. So I, 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 I just think the Colts have trended downward significantly. I know they have some injuries too, but they're just not playing well. So that wasn't – the Falcons game to me was the most shocking. I, mean, I don't think anybody in the world thought Atlanta was going in there and even hanging in that game, let alone winning it. Uh, and, and not only did they win, they dominated. I mean, 26-9, to nine, they, they, they put New Orleans away uh, really pretty early in the game. So that was my biggest surprise. I was surprised with Kansas City. I thought they'd win going away. Frankly, I think they should have won going away. They made a million mistakes to leave Tennessee in that game. The Chiefs missed a couple plays earlier. It would have been 17 nothing. That game would have been in the bag at that point. 
and I will get into it more, I'm sure, as we talk about the Chiefs. But Andy Reid, well, you know, listen, these people want him fired are insane. But they they do have a gripe in the sense the situational football of them is just perplexing at times. So uh, I would say the Falcons win is the most surprising. Um, but I also thought like the Titans Chiefs games, the, the way it played out was the biggest circus of the weekend. So, so Matt, what was the problem with the third down call? What was it? Was the issue with it? So my issue with it was twofold. One is if if you're going to throw the ball there, which I get it, right? You got Mahomes, I understand that. But if you're going to throw, you cannot be calling a slip screen to Blake Bell. Like it, that needs to be to either Hill <laughs> or Kelsey or Watkins or Hardman. And I get the idea that like, well, they'll never expect this. Yeah, well, because he stinks. Like they'll never they'll never see it yeah, coming because he's Blake Bell, right? But for me, third and two, you just ran for eight yards on two plays. I am just I am running the ball there. I, to me, I'm, you, running, I'm running the ball. You know that if they ran the ball there and got stuffed, you'd say like, well, why didn't they let Pat Mahomes win the game for them? Here's the problem with that play: is one guy screwed up, in my opinion. Um, I'm going to find out if I'm accurate on this in a couple in a day or two. Maybe I'll ask now while we're on the show. Uh, it was man coverage. The man coverage guy was not blocked. Otherwise, the bell might hit his head on the goalpost. I mean, it was a play that I think was actually called well. You you want to run screens against man coverage because there's one. It's, sure. You block one guy, that's it. And look, part of the route, too, if you look, there's other parts of the route. Tyreek Hill's running a route. He's covered. Kelsey's being covered. They're all being covered. The one guy that wasn't was the tight end, and they just didn't see the, the guy who needed to block him. And so – that was one guy made the play. Otherwise, Bell might hit his head on the goalpost. So for you, I mean, I know you watch the game. You always watch the Chiefs games. So for you, and, and I know we have a lot of Chiefs followers that listen to this show for a variety of reasons. Like, what what was the biggest problem for you coming out of that game? Like, what was if you had to say this is why they lost that game? What would you say was the main culprit? Run defense. Okay. For like the thousandth time in a row, um, but also they used to have a top five special teams unit, and it's not top five anymore. It's not good. And that used to be a calling card. Dave Tobe uh, is a great special teams coach. They just don't have, I don't think the dudes anymore they used to have. They don't have a lot of veterans that used to, you know, Frank Zombo, say what you want about him, great on special teams, right? I mean, like, you yeah, lose some true. of these veteran guys over the years. You know, Anthony Sherman's getting a little older now, probably not doing as many special teams. Like, these guys eventually phase out. You just don't have the older veteran players you used to have to play these roles. And I think that's hurting them. Uh, and look, there's some weirdness with, like Andy Reid's one and nine against the, the Titans all time. It just has some weird games against them, and so um, uh, uh, to snap the ball early on that on that field goal, and then Cole Quinn <laughs> throwing the ball away, and then I know. You, you know, and then you get a field goal blocked, and the guy was not offsides by the way at the end. No, either. he so, wasn't. I, um, I tweeted that he was, but he wasn't. Yeah. He was not. And so it's just a fluke game. But look, I, if you're the Chiefs, the Raiders are playing good football right now. You get them at home, and you should still win the division, but. You know, your, your margin of error now is is reduced by a lot. Yep. Let's just name it. Do the can the Chiefs win the Super Bowl with this defense? No, I didn't. Think, I thought the Patriots were going to win anyway. So this is like all these people have the Chiefs. I never did. My brother plays for the Chiefs, and I picked the Patriots to win the Super Bowl this year. Like it's okay to not just be a homer when I don't think the Chiefs' defense is not. They're not good. And what's really interesting, Matt, I'll, I'll end with this: is the Chiefs' defense played really well when Pat Mahomes was out. Yep. And I wonder if just mentally they took a step back because they know that Pat Mahomes can always save them. And because the, the last three, two and a half games, defense was fantastic. They shut down the Vikings run game. They played well against the Packers outside of a couple plays, well against the Broncos, right? And then all of a sudden, they just, they just went to shit this week against the Titans. A, yeah. how's Mitchell feeling? B, does he listen to this show because I think he might want to fight you? <laughs> he's not listening to this show. Uh, I think he's fine. I, I'll let him... Give his injury. I mean, I tweeted yesterday that his leg is, has to be amputated. Uh, I don't think that has to happen, but uh, like people think I'm actually going to tell them what my brother's status is. Really funny. I, you know, and, I, and I'll just answer the same question I asked Jeff. Do I think they could win the Super Bowl? I mean, yeah, because of, of who's playing quarterback. Sure. I mean, yes. yes. I mean, could they? First of all, look, the, the conference is awful. Okay. Secondly, do I think, like, even if they don't get a bye, could they go to Baltimore and win a game? I mean, yeah, yes. they handled Baltimore at home earlier this year without Tyreek Hill. Like, yeah, they, they could win him, the game. They beat him last year, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, yes, yeah. they're certainly good enough. And could could they go to New England in a one-off game and win? Yeah. But do I think they will currently? I mean, look, I if the defense could get back the way it played against Minnesota, yeah. If they play the way they played against Tennessee, no, the biggest problem I have, and I am a big Andy Reid guy, so I, I, like, he can coach the Chiefs as long as he wants. <laughs> Situationally sometimes, though, 
they just they like malfunction, man. I don't know what it is with them. I mean, they early in the game they took a million penalties. Um, but yeah, I mean, I still they, look. They, the the lost thing out of that game was Mahomes came back and looked like Mahomes. He was incredible in that game. So if he's him, they could beat any. If you said to me the Chiefs are going to finish ten and six, I wouldn't be surprised. If you said they're going to run the table. I wouldn't be surprised. Like that's just the kind of the nature of that team. But that, I'll leave it at that. Speaking of incredible, let's move on from Kansas City and move on oh, yes. to who could be the damn MVP. And I know Jeff Schwartz is going to throw a little shade here, but uh, Lamar Jackson was 15 of 17 this week. One of those incompletions, he was throwing the ball away. He had a quarterback rating of 158, a QBR of 99.8. He ran it for 65 yards. He threw maybe one of those runs was one of the greatest runs you'll ever see from a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, anyone, period, with the spin move. And, uh, yes, people are going all in on Lamar Jackson. There was a tweet put out there this week. His first 16 starts from Paul Hembokitis, at Paul Hembo. First 16 starts, Lamar Jackson wins 13. Patrick Mahomes, 12. Rushing yards, Lamar Jackson, first 16 career starts. 1,258. Ladanian Tomlinson, 1,236. Passer rating, Lamar Jackson, 94.5. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. You know me, I'm a huge football fan, but it can be stressful for us super fans. So Progressive is going to help take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how your team threw the wrong ball on the wrong net, just think about how Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Well, hope this distraction about Progressive's Home Court Explorer was helpful. It sure helped me from stressing about my team for a bit. Anyway, go sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. For Tom Brady, 90.1. Yards per attempt, Lamar Jackson, 7.6. Aaron Rodgers, 7.5. And on and on and on and on. I'll give you one more completion percentage. Lamar Jackson, 63 Drew Brees, 61. Jeff Schwartz, you are up. Is this the greatest Man. quarterback in the history of the game? And maybe just... So, uh, yeah. if I told you that a starting quarterback had 288 yards of total offense in a game, you'd probably be like, yeah, just like, okay, right? Maybe like, yeah. He had 223 total yards against the Patriots, by the way, quarterback. All right, you ready? Here you go. So, at Adam Harstad, ready? Wins in the first 16 games of their career. Mike Tomzak, 14, Lamar, 13. Ready? <laughs> Rush yards through 16 games in his career. Played on the, Alfred, 80, played on the greatest Alfred, team ever, but go ahead. Alfred Morris, 1,600 yards in his first 16 games. Lamar Jackson, 1,258. How about this passer rating? Ready? Rob Johnson, 100. Lamar, 94.4. Well, I got two more for you. Ready? Yards per 10. I don't even know this guy. Eric Hipple, 7.7. And Lamar, 7.6. And the last one, completion percentage. Elvis Gerback, 64%. Lamar, 63%. So are we going to play random stat comparison game all the time? Look, Lamar Jackson's playing great in the offense. They're winning games. But let me see this in the playoffs. Like, It's great against the Bengals and Dolphins, whatnot. It's it's working against those teams. I I just, I still, I'm not buying this offense long-term. Lamar Jackson did a great job. So he's gonna he's gonna rush for over 200, 200 attempts this year. It's it's unprecedented at a quarterback position to rush that many times, expose your body to that to that many hits. Too look, he's not getting hit often either because he's, he's making the plays. But it's I just I'm just kind of the the hype machine is wild. Just man. for the record, yeah. we could do all that. We could play that random game all day long if Eric Hipple gets mentioned, and I can think about my childhood and Wilbur Marshall killing him. Go ahead, Matt Verderan. By the way, I know what you're talking about. He has Joe Ferguson. Hipple was out for that game, but in any event, then it was uh, some bear so, killed Eric Hipple. Who's Eric Hipple? He was a quarterback for the Lions. He was not good. 80s, oh, okay. not good. Well, um, he's obviously better than Lamar Jackson through 16 games. Well, he may have been, but he he fell off sharply <laughs> after 16 games. Uh, <laughs> so. Jeff and I have talked a lot about this on this podcast. I think Lamar Jackson is an electrifying athlete, which everybody thinks. It's not breaking any news. But Jeff and I are in lockstep on this, okay? He's terrific, and he's exciting, and he's fun. But he's not beating you from the pocket ever. I mean, how many times in a game have you watched him and said, man, he is just dicing up a team with his arm? But I don't care that he's 15 or 17. I, I don't care. Like, that's that's fine. That's great. There's a lot of quarterbacks 
who are 15 to 17 to start games. I mean, it's it's basically a seven-on-seven draw in the NFL today. And so this idea that he's now better than Mahomes because he's won one more game, there is not a talent evaluator on earth who would take him over Mahomes, over Russell Wilson. I, I would imagine a lot of guys would take Dak Prescott over him. I would think that a lot of people would take some other quarter. I, I would take Deshaun Watson over him, okay, quite so here's frankly. The, Matt, but here's the thing. If you're taking Lamar Jackson, are you taking the Ravens staff with you? They design an offense perfectly fit to what he does. So you can't make – look, you can put Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, almost any offense in the NFL, and they would succeed. You cannot put Lamar Jackson in Dak Prescott's offense and Deshaun Watson's offense and Pat Mahomes' offense and have success. You cannot well, – at least not yet. Maybe he can be right, that pocket right, but, but hold on. Don't – don't isn't a good coach, offensive coordinator, head coach, don't right. you create an offense for who you have? Yes. And that's fine. It's great. The Ravens deserve all the credit in the world for doing this. But if we're comparing quarterbacks for who you want to start your franchise with, you have to take into consideration the, the the staff he's playing with now and the offense designed for him. I know people do not want to have this conversation because they want to attribute all the credit to Lamar Jackson. But the Ravens staff deserves credit for going all in on this offense. And again, we have not seen this offense work in the playoffs. I looked this up today on my other podcast. We discussed this. You know, we talk about running quarterbacks, right? The only guy who's been a runner who's run a lot in the playoffs is, is Colin Kaepernick. Cam Newton's rush attempts the year they went to the Super Bowl was like 11 yard, eleven attempts for three yards in the first playoff game, then like seven attempts, and then like three attempts in the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson, we consider a very mobile running-ish quarterback. He had eight total rush attempts in the year they won the Super Bowl in the playoffs. You cannot rush the ball to this extent in the playoffs. Things tighten down. Defense is tight up. You're playing the best of the best in the playoffs. Are you telling me that, that the Patriots won't have a better game plan heading into this game than they will the first time they played them? Like the Chargers showed us that you can come yep. into the game with a different game plan and shut them down. Lamar just had nine rush attempts in the playoffs it, last year. It's eventually like, going to happen that some team is going to figure out how to keep him behind the line of scrimmage. And when that happens, they are going to lose. The Chiefs because, did it. We saw, we've seen it done so far. That actually year. is true. Of all the teams in the world, you'd figure he'd rush for 400 yards against Kansas City, and the Chiefs, Chiefs actually totally shut him down from running the football. Yeah. Look, and that, that, but that is the point, right? Like ultimately, to me, Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, John Harbaugh, Wink Martindale, they, they have done a fantastic job with the whole team, yes. let alone Jackson. But again, look, nobody is scared of Lamar Jackson throwing the football. Nobody. Okay, there's not a coach in the world who's like, hey, keep Mahomes in the pocket and make him beat us. Okay, he'll throw for 400 yards and a half. He literally (laughs) almost did it against Oakland earlier this year. There's no coach who says if Lamar's in the pocket, he's going to beat us. And I think the Pats having played them early in the year is going to be a huge benefit if they see him down the road because now they know exactly how they want to play against him. The Chiefs have seen him twice in the last two years. That matters. Now Houston's going to see him this weekend. We'll talk about the game a little bit more. This is not to discredit Lamar Jackson. He's been terrific. But he's been terrific within the structure of what he does. And what he does is much different than other quarterbacks. And if you and I'll leave it at this. If you want to go back and look at other guys who have done stuff like this, Kaepernick's a really good example. Yeah. He's a guy with a strong arm who ran a lot. It petered out as time went on. By the way, the best example, in my opinion, is the guy who's his backup right now. Okay? RG3 in Washington, people forget now because it was long enough ago, he took the league by storm. People were yeah. going nuts he about got hurt. the read option. He got hurt, but he also got figured out. Seattle beat the hell out of him in that playoff game. They figured out if we keep him in the pocket, we contain the edges, and we don't rush really hard, and we make him throw the ball, he's got a problem. And I'm telling you right now, if Jackson doesn't get better from the pocket, he's going to run into the same problems. It's the NFL. He's not going to confound the league for 12 years. Randall Cunningham was the most electric athlete the, the quarterback position ever saw at a time when nobody played like that. He Ooh. won one playoff game his whole career wait, wait, in Philadelphia. Wait, wait. I'm glad you said that because someone yesterday said, well, what about Randall Cunningham? His first three playoff games, the years where he ran the ball the most in his career, they scored like 10, 6, and 3 points. In Lost every one of them. Yep. Plus every one of the games. We shall see come playoff time what happens. I will be rooting hard for the Baltimore Ravens, if, if for nothing else, just to have this conversation with you guys. It's time to place your best. All right, let's move on to place your bets, which is our 
work with our partner, the Action Network, actionnetwork.com, as we get our numbers for the games coming up here in week 11. It's Thursday night. It's the Steelers and the Cleveland Browns, and Cleveland getting a win this week. That was a bit of a surprise. The Browns are a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. 32% of the money is going on the Browns. The over-under is 40. Pittsburgh's been a great surprise this year. Jeff, we'll start with you. Who do you like on Thursday night? So I get the better coach getting two-and-a-half points in, in a Thursday night game, a team who's won four games in a row, it's a Browns team that had to struggle to beat a crappy Bills team. Yeah, I'll take the points. Give me the two and a half with the Steelers. I would have loved it at three. I think it started there at three. Um, I don't trust Mason Rudolph quite really, honestly, but it feels like Micah Fitzpatrick is going to have 18 interceptions on Baker Mayfield. Like, I don't think that the Browns are going to move the ball. I think, I think the under here, which is at 40 right now, is probably the better play than is taking the Steelers. But I'll, I'll, I'll take all the points I can get. Give me two and a half on the Steelers. Baker might be my least favorite player in the NFL right now. Go ahead, Verderam. Yeah, listen, I, I'm, I'll am i be short and sweet. I'm with Jeff here. I, I was going to bang the under, and I was also going to hit the Steelers two and a half. There's no reason to think Cleveland's going to score more than 13 points in this game. They couldn't score more than 19 against against Buffalo. And Buffalo's a very good defense, but Pittsburgh right now, Pittsburgh's playing at, a, at an elite defensive level. They've got really good edge rushers, TJ Watt and company. The back end, look, Hayden's playing really good football. Okay, he's back to playing the way he did when he was younger in Cleveland. If you don't think he's going to come into this game with a little chip on his shoulder, you're nuts. Minka Fitzpatrick, he's got five picks in seven games with the Steelers. And Mayfield, he wasn't great against Buffalo. Go watch the game. He was decidedly average at that. He didn't turn the ball over, so that was an improvement. But he's thrown 12 picks. I have a feeling that number's going to increase. I love the Steelers in this spot. And by the way, you want to look for a little storyline that might come up in the next few weeks? Go look at Pittsburgh's schedule the rest of the year. Yeah. They win this game. They play nobody the entire rest of the year, save for the Ravens. Like, Here's something that could be interesting. They might play Baltimore for the division week 16. They don't have anybody the entire rest of the year. I mean, you, look, you go down the list. They have the Jets. They have the Cardinals, Cleveland twice, Cincinnati. Nobody. So I'll take Pittsburgh to win this game outright. All right, let's move on to Atlanta and Carolina. Uh, Kyle Allen's been a great story in Carolina, but I don't know if that necessarily means you want to yeah. you know, do the whole punt on Cam Newton thing, but maybe they do. And then there's the Atlanta Falcons surprising us with a win over the Saints. The Panthers are five-and-a-half-point favorite at home. 65% of the money is on Carolina. The number is 50-and-a-half. Let's start with you, Matt Verderam. I'll take the Panthers to cover. I, I think the Falcons – had a great game, their best game by a mile in New Orleans. Uh, I thought Carolina played really well in Green Bay, just came up a, a yard shy, maybe not even a full yard shy. He was in. So he, I think he was too, frankly. But uh, look, you know, Carolina, I think McCaffrey's going to have the game of his life this week. They, they are not going to stop him. And I, I get it, the Falcons played well against the Saints, but we see that all the time where these bad teams have these one-off weeks where you can't figure out what happened. It's just a perfect storm. The Panthers know that if they have any shot of making the playoffs, their lives are on the line here. I think they win going away. So I live in Charlotte, so I follow this team closely. I'm 1-6-1 betting on Panthers games this year. Either taking taking them or fading them. So my original thought was to take Atlanta here plus 5.5. I'm going to do the opposite of that, considering that everything else I've done the Panthers this year has not been good, including a a live bet, second-half bet. Um, I'm just going opposite of what I've done, basically. I, I don't feel great about it, but I like to win bets and not lose them. So give me Panthers five and a half. I, just rewinding on Carolina the last week. Run the ball with Christian McCaffrey before it has to, the last play of the game. You had it first down with what, at, at the three-yard line. Give your give the ball to your best player and get in the end zone. Don't put it on Kyle Allen's shoulders. And I think you, well, at least you would have had a chance at a two-point conversion to tie up Green Bay. By, by the way, I thought Kyle Allen played well. He did. Game. He like, did. Kyle Allen, even though they didn't score at the end of the game, he, he drove them. They made some really nice throws. Yeah, Look, I'm, not, I'm not saying Kyle Allen's going all pro, but Kyle Allen can play. Like Kyle Allen's not one of these guys who's just a complete bum. I was impressed. You got a bunch of guys jumping up who were late-round picks. Mason Rudolph having good seasons, and then there's yeah. Mitchell Trubisky in Chicago. Never mind on that. New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Pats are a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Uh, 80% are betting on New England to beat Philly, which is uh, Jeff Schwartz. Theory, you either bet on the Patriots or you don't bet the game. 85% of the money, and the over-under is 44.5. Much more money going on the over right now. Jeff, uh, you want to stick to the Patriots plan that you normally have? 
Well, since I since I think I want to take the Eagles here, I just would pass in the game. I don't. I would just wouldn't wouldn't play the game. I think the Eagles here off a of bye, plus three and a half. I take it. But again, I don't bet against the Patriots. So in in if I was betting this game with my own money, I just wouldn't bet the game. But I I think the I think the Eagles are probably the play here at home. I I don't I. Mm, I that's the way to go. I'll, I'll I'll take New England. I'll swallow the points. I think uh, New England's also off a bye, and they lost yes. their last game. That is not going to be a very pleasant couple of weeks up in Foxborough with no, Belichick. No. And the the Eagles can't guard the three of us. They can't cover anybody. Yeah, and that, now the, the Pats don't have great receivers, but Brady's going to find guys open throughout the game. The kind of dirty secret in Philly is Wentz is – like the stats are not bad, but Wentz has not been great for the Eagles this year. Like he's not – He's not been terrible, but he's been decidedly average. Now, look, the receivers stink. Okay? Inconsistent. Jackson's hurt. Aguilar can't catch a cold barefooted in Alaska. And 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 then you look at, you know, like Jeffrey is a good player, but he's always kind of want, you know, leaving you wanting more. Yeah. So I think the Pats win this game. I don't think it's a blowout, but I think they win by more than three points. All right, let's move on to the Texans and the Ravens. And Matt Verderam, you just mentioned that you take Deshaun Watson over Lamar Jackson. I'd actually agree with you on that. I love Deshaun Watson. Uh, but that's a compliment that you're putting him in that conversation, uh, period, for Lamar Jackson right now. But anyway, sure. the, the Ravens are a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. 73% of the money – or 73% are betting on the Ravens. 74% of the money is on Baltimore, so no sharp plays coming in right now. The over-under is at 50 uh, everyone loves the over in this one. They're looking for a shootout. I actually, I actually would take the under myself. I think this is going to be a defensive battle here, uh, and the Ravens will control the clock. But, Jeff, let's start with you here. I've already bet this game. I took the Texans plus the points. They're off a bye. Um, I think Deshaun Watson's a really good quarterback. will be able to take advantage of the Ravens' defense, which has played a little bit better lately but have not seen the offense that they are about to see with Deshaun Watson. He just keeps his, his team in close games. And their defense has- How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. It's been okay this year. They get two weeks to prepare now for the Ravens. I think that um, they keep this game close. And, and I bet I'm on the money line. I think they win this game. Yeah, look, I like the Texans to at least cover. I don't know if I like them to win. I, I, I'm probably going to pick Baltimore in a close game, but here's the thing that's interesting. is The way to beat the Texans is throw the ball because Watt's not there anymore, right? So you can chip now on Merciless. It's easier. And their secondary is not very good. The Ravens right. can't throw the football. So you, you can't take advantage of that. And that front is good. DJ Reader is one of the better defensive linemen this year. He's played very well inside at nose tackle. Conversely, the Texans, see, the matchup for me in this game, everybody's going to talk about Lamar and Watson, but they're not on the field together. The, the matchup for me is <laughs> you're looking at Hopkins against probably Peters. That yeah. might be th- where Peters, well, I love watching Marcus Peters. He's going to try to jump every route imaginable. Yes. But Hopkins is the best route runner in football. And if he, if he gets him to bite once or twice, it could be good night Irene down the sideline. So I'm interested to see how that plays. I, I like the Ravens to cover. Uh, or excuse me, I like the Texans to cover. I like the Texans to cover the spread. I think the Ravens win. I think it's the best game of the weekend. I think it's interesting. The Texans win this game. They could be looking potentially at a bye. Uh, if the Ravens win, they continue to trend toward that. So it, it has a lot of playoff implications. If you do believe in statements, Deshaun Watson has one to make right now with all the Lamar Jackson talk, and you can combine in that the Texans are third in the NFL right now in – uh, rushing defense. So those combine that up, maybe it's uh, yet another reason to love the Houston Texans in this game. Let's move to Sunday night. The Bears and the Rams. The Bears saved their season, beating Detroit at home. Of course, Jeff Driscoll started, uh, who they barely remember at Louisiana Tech, and Cincinnati's happy he's out the door. Uh, so that, but the Bears got to win, and the Rams, as you mentioned earlier, are a what'd you say, Verrama? Tire fire. I believe we're right, tire fire. But the Rams, that tire fire is a seven-point favorite, and everyone apparently is betting on the Bears on that one. Sixty-nine percent cool. of uh, the bets are on the Bears. Sixty-two percent of the money. I would be very wary of that. But okay, Verrama, go ahead. The Rams are going <laughs> to win the game, but why are the why are the Rams a seven-point favorite right now? I know the Rams are awful. Has anyone seen the Rams? They're terrible. Goff is like Trubisky light right now. He can't throw the ball. They can't block anybody, to be fair to him. I mean, my God, Pittsburgh just lived in the backfield. But 
Goff reminds me of, and I used to say this to uh, a former uh, co-worker of ours, Jason Cole, who's, who grew up a Rams fan. I say this all the time to him. Jared Goff reminds me of Jim Everett. Stands in the pocket, throws the ball. The second there's an ounce of pressure, Jim Everett looked horrified. Chrissy Everett? Well, J- yeah. Well, Jared Goff looks like Jim Everett in that regard. Just absolutely terrified anytime there's someone coming into his face and his line of vision. They don't have Gurley anymore in the way they did last year. Okay. Their line's not good. They got rid of John Sullivan, which I bet they regret at the moment. They didn't pay Roger Saffold. He's not having a great year in Tennessee, but he's been bearing anybody on the interior of the line in, in, with the Rams. Okay. They have not played well. So I think they're going to win because Trubisky's probably going to throw for 140 yards and three picks. But I, I don't think they're going to cover the spread. They, they can't score. Like the Bears should be able to hold them. Yeah. I, I would take the Bears here, but I think the under here at 41 and a half, I know it's the public play, is the way to go. I mean, I think that yeah. you're looking at two teams that rely so much on their defense now because their offense just can't get it going that it feels like a very low-scoring game. Um, and I, the, I would take the seven with the Bears, but I like the under better. Well, and speaking of the under, 91% of the money is going on the under and 66% of the bets are going on the under. Mitchell Trubisky, who I'm uh, looking You're forward. a huge fan. Right. I'm looking forward to the day when he's not the quarterback in Chicago. However, they did have three straight drives where they got in the end zone this particular week, this they last week. They scored 20 points. I understand. I understand. Against the Lions at home I, with I, Jeff I, I got it. I got it. But maybe, maybe the Bears have perhaps just took a step towards getting some mojo going. Last year against the Rams, he was absolutely atrocious through three picks, but the Bears' defense was dominant, and they won at home. Uh, this time, of course, out in L.A. All right, let's move on. Also in L.A., the Chiefs and it's the Chiefs. Ch- Mexico. I'm sorry, in, in Mexico, yeah. Monday Night Football, the Chiefs and the Chargers. The Chiefs are a four-point favorite. 71% are betting on the Chiefs, 63% of the money is on Kansas City. The number is 52 and a half with uh, 64% betting the under, but only 38% of the money is on the under. So somebody's made a big bet on that over if you're looking for some sharp money plays here. Verderem, I'll start with you, Chiefs and the Chargers. I'd rather I'd rather be put into a, a, a spin cycle than have to bet this game with actual money because I have no idea what's happening. I, I would bet the over, if anything, because... I think the Chiefs are going to score a lot of points in the game. I think the Chargers will score enough to hit the over as well. Like if I had to take a team, I'd take Kansas City for one reason. The Chargers play more zone defense than anybody in football. The Chiefs eviscerate zone defenses. And the Chargers are missing a lot of guys. That offensive line is terrible. I can see the Chiefs having a bunch of sacks in this game. Rivers obviously is immobile at this point. And I think there's always a tendency to look at the last game and just feel like that's how it's always going to be. The Chiefs, despite losing to Tennessee in what is a fashion I'll never be able to get out of my mind, they dominated the game. I mean, they had 530 yards, went up and down the field all afternoon. They had they gave up a scoop and score. They had a million mistakes. I don't think the Chargers and Titans are that different right now. I mean, the, the Titans beat the Chargers. I, I, so I think if I had to bet it, I'd pick Kansas City, but I, I would I – would, Stay away in uh, real life. I love the Chiefs here. It's my play of the week. I think they're going to kill uh, the Chargers. Go ahead, Jeff. The Chiefs had won nine games in a row against the Chargers total last season's loss. I think it was on Thursday Night Football. Or oh, something. I was there. And, and they had beat them by 10. So this is what Andy Reid was there. They beat them by 10, by 17, by 14, by 10, by 6, by 7, by 30, by 12. I mean, they, they, they kicked the shit out of the Chargers for the most part. Um, I think it continues again this weekend. The Chargers, you mentioned, Matt, their offensive line. That's my concern. The Chiefs are going to hit Rivers all night. They, they, they can't they can't block anybody. And um, I think we looked at, we'll look at last year's re- results. We'll look at where the Chiefs are now, and people will freak out. I think the Chiefs here minus uh, the four is the play. Yeah, I would I would give seven on this game if I was if I was betting it. Of course, oh. he who gambles sometimes gets in trouble, and I am that guy. So I will not be placing any <laughs> dough on this one. It's time for In or Out. All right, let's do In or Out, guys, as we move on to uh, our final segment of the – actually, our second-to-last segment of the week, In or Out. And we're going to start with the Oakland Raiders. Do they have a real shot to win the AFC West? Verderam, are you in or out? Uh, I'm I'm out because they already lost the Chiefs at home. They, They already lost at home to them. The Chiefs are still up by half game in the division, and the schedule for the Chiefs going forward is not difficult. They do not play anybody of note except for the Pats 
Uh, and, of course, the Raiders as well. But they get Denver at home. They get the Chargers twice. They get the Bears week 16, and the Bears are probably going to be out of the race at that point. So I think the Chiefs will hold it. Plus, I just think the Raiders have one big misfortune in this whole thing. They get Kansas City and Arrowhead off a of bye. Like, that's not – if there is any spot you really don't want to see Kansas City, it's probably in that one. And also, Derek Carr has been brutal in his career at Arrowhead. Absolutely hideous. I mean, he's at his worst games at Arrowhead Stadium. I think the Chiefs will win the division. I still think Kansas City is, is significantly better than Oakland. Uh, but I think the Raiders might get a wild card spot. I really do. Yeah, I, I'm out on this uh, as well for the things Matt mentioned. You know, Andy Reid off a of bye is like 17-2 and two in his career. Andy Reid's, I think, I think 11-2 against the, 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 the Raiders so far in his tenure in the AFC West. Um, I don't trust that defense. Offensively, the Raiders are doing much better. But uh, I, the Chiefs, look, the Chiefs beat them in, in Kansas City. That's a two-game lead. The Raiders are not making that up. All right, let's move on to the New Orleans Saints, who are sitting at 7-2, and two, but with a shocking, brutal loss to the Falcons. And so now you're chasing the Niners with one loss, and then Green Bay sitting there at 8-2. and two. Did the Saints b- blow their chance, or do they have a chance, at getting that number two seed? Are you in or out, Jeff Schwartz, on the Saints being a two seed come playoff time? I mean, I think they can make they can be a one seed. I think they're. I'm definitely in on this. They have the. They still have the Niners at home. You win that game, and you have the tiebreaker against them. The Packers still have a, a decently tough schedule down the stretch. They have to play the Vikings still one more time. Uh, and I'm not quite sure the Packers. You know what to expect each and every week against them. Uh, you mean the Saints played a poor game. I get it. I think the Saints are still a front runner for the one seed. I should mention also the Seahawks are sitting at eight and two as well, Matt Bergeron. Yeah, the Saints beat them too. The Saints have the tiebreaker. Yeah, always. and that's why I'm in. Because they do have that tiebreaker, and the Saints division stinks. Okay, again, I know they just lost to the Falcons, but I, I don't care. They're still going to win most of those games in that division. Uh, they're probably going to handle the Bucks this week. So I would say I'm, I'm in on the Saints still being able to at least get a two seed. I think the Niners losing really helps. Now, if they just beat the Niners when they see them, they own the tiebreaker there as well. Uh, I think it's going to be New Orleans and Green Bay, probably the top two seeds in the conference when it's all said and done. We're going to bring in the New York Giants now, which, by the way, if you enjoy Giants and Jets, you are a true football fan. You're also a sadist. And I love you. We love you. The Giants should make changes on the bye with their coaching staff. Pat Shermer, perhaps. Uh, Jeff, you're already shaking your head if you're watching on the video. So I take it you are out. Tell us why. Why would you make changes now? What's that going to do? You're going to probably stunt the growth of Daniels even more. Um but, you know, after Daniel started his first game, I thought he was in the Hall of Fame. Is he still in the Hall of Fame, or is he like that not happening? He threw four touchdown passes this week. Wasn't yeah. Daniel Jones is very much feeling like Blake Bortles, who gets a ton of stats when they don't matter. I mean, there was a stat that came out that said, like, he has one of the, the most, according to PFF, like big throws, and none of them happened within seven points of the other <laughs> team. He's great when things don't matter, but then he has Jamal Adams literally just take the ball out of his hands for a touchdown. I, I think that... That changing, you know, hey, coaches now is not going to help in the offseason. You got you, you have to do something because the Giants, you can't lose like that to the Jets. So that's pathetic. He, he did throw good. some balls in some tight windows. You know this what? Week that impressed well, me. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, I, I, I'm in on the fact the Giants should have made a change or two. Look, I get you're not saving the season. I understand all that, but like their defense is hideous. Now, like I'm not saying Betcher's the only James Betcher's defensive coordinator. He's not the only reason. I mean, their personnel blows. Okay, but. Here's the question for me going forward with the Giants. What are you doing with Dave Gettleman? Because to me, Gettleman has been a, a problem there since he got there. You sign Odell Beckham to this big contract, then you trade him a year later, you take on all this dead money. The defense is no better than it was when we got there, right? Like offensively, I don't know, like Barkley, okay, everybody's going to say, well, he drafted Barkley. Well, a moron would have drafted Saquon Barkley. Like, okay, I mean, yeah. now you, well, you should have drafted Sam Darnold. I was going to say, first of all, I wouldn't even have taken Barkley, okay, but if you're going to go non-quarterback there, then it was as evident as all get out. So to me, like, I get the argument, well, then they should have taken a quarterback. Okay, fine. But my point is, in, your, in that draft room, it's either you're taking a quarterback or you're not taking a quarterback. They obviously did not want to take a quarterback, which I don't even agree with, okay, but... If you're going to go that route, then yeah, of course you're going to take Barkley. They were buying by a mile. He was the best non-quarterback in that draft. So to me, Gettleman should be out. But the Giants are an interesting organization. Of course, Jeff would know this having played for the team. Like Mara is one of the best owners in football. That is a family that's owned that team since the beginning, since 1925. They don't make rash decisions. They are much like the Roonies, who they're related to, over in Pittsburgh. Yeah. 
they're not the kind of they're not the Browns. Okay, they're not just going to fire somebody for for you know a, a quick knee jerk reaction. Shermer's been there two years. Gettleman as well. Do they make the move at the end of the year? My inclination is with Shermer, they'll move on. Gettleman's more interesting. I don't know yet. Hey, Jeff Schwartz, would you rather have Dwayne Haskins or Daniel Jones? Oh, I, mean, I, I said before the draft, I would have had, I would have had, um, I would have liked to have uh, Dwayne Haskins, but I mean, we haven't seen him play much in the NFL. I mean, he's in a worse situation than Daniel Jones is. I'd say I don't have a great answer for that right now. I know I'm supposed to give you an answer. I don't know. That's okay. You don't have to have every answer. Can but, I say neither? Well, no, that that's not an answer. Uh, but I can, mean, it is an answer. I, well, it's not a good answer. Right, let's let's it's move the right, on. It's the right answer to uh, our, our final in or out is you know not a good situation. That would be the Washington Redskins sitting at one and eight, and they are a part of this conversation. The Bengals at zero and nine will get the number one pick. Are you in or out, Verderam? Do the Bengals somehow get a win and the Redskins keep keep sliding, or maybe they get a bunch of wins and the I'm, Dolphins fall out? I'm in. The Bengals suck, man. Like flat out suck. There is not. There's no great analysis there. They may not win a game. Like they are brutal in yeah, every imaginable way. They they can't play defense. Okay. Like think about this. You know, we always talk about Kansas City on this podcast. The Chiefs' defense last year ranked ahead of Cincinnati's, and Cincinnati's has not gotten any better. But now with Ryan Finley, a quarterback, they're just actively trying to lose because there's no way is he better than Dalton or is he the future. They, they are historically bad running the football. A.J. Green took one look at that team and was like, yeah, my, uh, my leg still hurts. I can't make it back in yet, boys. So I don't care what anybody says. You know that's what's going on there. He, he's not coming back any day soon. So you look at them. Who are they beating? I mean, maybe like the way Cleveland's played this year. Maybe Cleveland, maybe the Dolphins. I, I could see them winning a game, but Washington's going to win another game. They get the Giants at home. They might win that game. Like they'll, they'll, you know, they get the Jets this week. They'll win a game. I think Cincinnati's. I, they're looking at Joe Burrow time in Cincinnati. And if I'm Joe Burrow, I'm thinking: Is there any way I can have a six year at LSU? Because I, I, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> Just don't draft Justin Herbert, please, Bengals. I don't want him to get ruined in Cincinnati. They're going to destroy please him. No. You, you could get I, – I think you can make an argument the Bengals can get one of the Cleveland games. Maybe they can get the Jets. They could get the Dolphins. Maybe they get uh, – you can make an argument they get to three. You got him getting all those they're games? So, they're so bad. They're not – they're getting number one pick. I'm in on this. Yeah. By the way, this is a franchise in the 90s. They had a number one pick every year, it felt like. Right? Like a John Carter, terrible. Dan Wilkinson, not terrible, but not really good. This is it, it's back to the future with the uh, Bengals, who are usually up there taking a nice high draft pick. Carson like, Palmer says a lot. I like the early '90s Bengals and Sam Weish and, and Boomer. Well, that team wasn't getting number one picks. You're, I'm talking about Dave Shula and David Klingler and uh, and that group coming to town. Yeah. Time to look forward to our favorite upcoming matchups. All right, let's wrap up, team. With our looking forward segment as we look ahead to week 11 here, Matt Verderam, we're going to start with you, and it's a, we mentioned it, and you mentioned it a bunch, that we talk about the Chiefs a lot on this podcast. You want to talk about them more here? No, I, I just, you know, look, for what we always look forward to every week, right? Well, for me, it's put up or shut up time with that team. Like, they, they've had a lot of injuries. They've had a very hard schedule, but that has nothing to do with the fact that they lost to the Titans. They've lost to the Colts at home. And again, they never should have lost. I don't care who was out, right? Like, it's time. The defense made real, what looked like real strides for three weeks. They were playing much better. Like, actually, like, legitimately a pretty good defense. And then played the Titans, and Derrick Henry looked like Walter Payton. So, it's time now. Like, if you're the Chiefs, are you good enough to threaten for the Super Bowl? I think talent-wise, the talent's there. The coach is good enough, despite my issues with the third and two play call that Jeff and I will just disagree on, right? Like, I, they are good enough to beat anybody any given week. But to me now, if you're the Chiefs, now it's time to get rolling. You're 6-4. and four. Oakland's kind of looming there in the background. You get a Chargers team that let's just call it what it is. They are not as good as Kansas City in any way, shape, or form. The Chiefs should go to Mexico, win that game, get a bye, beat Oakland at home, and then go to New England and give them a game. And if they don't do that, if they lose this game to the Chargers, to me – I'm out on the Chiefs as any kind of a Super Bowl contender. I, I would then drop them below Baltimore. You have to win this game if you're Kansas City. Jeff, what are you looking forward to in Week 11? 
Uh, you think you mentioned at the end, Matt? I'm looking forward to Baltimore and, and Houston playing yep. this game. This is a big game for AFC seeding, right? If Houston wins this game, they could even maybe get a one or two seed and get a bye um, in this situation, considering they have the tiebreaker now over the Ravens and the Chiefs. Right. So Texas off a bye. You know, is this going to be Bill O'Brien's best coach game? They're the very, they're relatively healthy. The opportunity to showcase their run defense and Deshaun Watson against a guy and Lamar Jackson who. A lot of people consider to be the, the MVP front runner. A uh, big game for the Texans. Looking forward to seeing. And remember this: I don't have the number. I can pull it up somewhere. Deshaun Watson is an underdog in his career. Is really good, like really good. And so uh, excited to see him in this game. Yeah, I'm. I uh, that's my pick as well. By the way, I I can't. I'm very much looking forward to Watson and Jackson going at it, and then having a discussion with, with you two. I can't uh, believe the game didn't get flexed for Sunday night. Like well, it's, well, that's because yeah, of the Bears. You have, but you you have you have the you have the L.A. and the Chicago market. To I get football. it, but good God, it's going to be a rock fight and a half. Uh, yeah, it's it's playoff time for the Bears, man. Try, Dude, it's try, not playoff time. Trying to get to trying, like to, maybe trying next to get year. back to five hundred. Bears, Bears fans everywhere. They we, they all love to root for and or against Mitchell Trubisky. (laughs) Gentlemen, great to uh, be with you today. Stack in the Box comes out every Tuesday afternoon. Like, subscribe, tell a friend, tell your brother, tell your sister, your mom, your dad, a grandmother. We get a car and just tell everybody. We want to build the podcast as as big as we possibly can. Uh, Enjoy your week 11, and we will talk to you next Tuesday. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.